Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control, it gave me my life back. Axonics therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real, lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, brought to you by Skull Candy, and we have a link for you in the podcast notes. Go find yourself a new set of earbuds, some headphones, speakers, all kinds of stuff from Skull Candy, great prices, and better products. So make sure that you go visit Skull Candy, use the link in the podcast notes, and that will let them know that we sent you. This podcast is also brought to you by Blue Coolers. Blue Coolers has been called by some the Yeti Killer. These are top-notch coolers. They look great, and they are phenomenal in their their product and, and their just their wear and tear. It's great. It's got a uh, five-year warranty. They have five-star ratings. They got this 55-quart cooler that will keep ice for 10 days. And we're just around the corner from camping season and a lot of stuff on the outdoors, fishing and other things like that. You need yourself a new cooler. And why waste money on uh, the more expensive coolers when you can get a cooler that's just as good, if not better, from Blue Coolers at a better price. So go ahead and click on the link on the podcast notes for Blue Coolers. Go visit them. They've got all kinds of stuff from drinkware to the coolers to, to apparel, all kinds of stuff there as well. So make sure you follow that link and uh, so that they know that we sent you there as well. We've got a great episode for you today. Uh, we sat down with Tennessee Vol basketball great Chris Lofton. We talked a little bit about his high school career, about his college career, about Bruce Pearl, about uh, his professional career overseas, about his future as he's looking to get into coaching, and uh, several other things along the way as well. A really uh, fun interview with Chris. and sure appreciate him taking the time to chat with us today. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with Chris Lofton. Welcome into the Sports Stove Podcast today. We have with us a very special guest. He's a Kentucky Mr. Basketball, a Tennessee Vol all-time great, fourth all-time leading scorer, third in steals, top three-point getter in Tennessee. He's the 07 SEC Player of the Year and even French Cup Finals MVP, couple-time champions overseas as well. Today joining us is Chris 
Lofton. Chris, thank you so much for being with us. Man, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to ask you the question you probably have asked or answered many times. How does a Kentucky Mr. Basketball player end up at Tennessee? I mean, I think it was just one of those times where, you know, at that time, Kentucky already had the number one ranked recruiting class coming in. And it was just, you know, they didn't have room for me. And, you know, which I understand people blame Tubby for it. But, you know, looking in from Tubby's point of view, he already had the number one class coming in. So I'm sure he was like, I don't need him. I don't need Chris. So I think that's what happened. And, you know, it was blessing from God that, you know, Tennessee came and offered me a scholarship at the last minute. Did Louisville recruit you at all? They recruited me a little bit early on. Um, but, you know, my, my senior year in Kentucky or Louisville didn't, you know, have didn't have a scholarship for me. And so that was kind of, you know, tough for me as a Kentucky kid because, you know, you know, you want to go to Kentucky or Louisville. And, you know, for those, you know, dreams to be shattered, like it's tough. But you realize that, you know, this – Tennessee Orange is, you know, was so much better for me and, you know, my situation. Yeah, I mean, you were there. Uh, were you a starter all four years at Tennessee? Yes, sir. Yeah, so you were uh, recruited by Buzz Peterson, right? And he was there your freshman year before Bruce Pearl came in? Yes, sir. Uh, so <laughs> Bruce Pearl is an interesting uh, conversation in my house. My dad is not a Bruce Pearl fan. Uh, but <laughs> that goes way back to he was an Illinois fan growing up, and that goes way back to a long time ago. Um, what, who is Bruce Pearl? Like what there's a, it seems like either people love him or hate him. Um, so obviously I would assume that you liked him, but what, what was your, your view of Bruce Pearl and your thoughts on him? I mean, I love Bruce, man. I, you know, I had great three years playing for him. Um, actually recently saw him two weeks ago when they played Kentucky here in Lexington, got to hang with him and talk with him a little bit and just, you know, just being around him is fun. He's always high energy and, you know, you know, he's talking to me about, you know, because I want to get into coaching at some point. And he's, you know, giving me advice about that and how I should approach it. And just, you know, he's been, you know, great for me in my life. And I'm glad I got to know him. Um, when you're at Tennessee, you have several memorable moments at Tennessee. Um, I mean, again, when you're the fourth all-time leading scorer, you had great defense, which oftentimes doesn't get talked about. Number three in steals all-time at Tennessee as well. Um, you had a big shot over Kevin Durant that's been brought up a lot that, that you had a game winner in uh, March madness over Winthrop in 06 as well. What, what is memorable? I, I guess me growing up in Tennessee, when people think of the university of Tennessee, they think football, um, right. but the basketball program has some, some history with it as well. What is it about Tennessee basketball, uh, that is, I guess that worth writing home about things that really stand out that make Tennessee basketball uh, a good program. I think for me, I'm a, our fans was great. You know, my, my, you know, the first year we didn't, we wasn't winning. So I understand why fans didn't come, but my sophomore, junior, senior, the, the fan base was amazing. You know, every game was sold out. It was packed. The student section came in and, you know, as a player that really helps that gets you going that, you know, that helps it, you know, it frustrates the other team, you know, when it gets loud in there, you can't hear plays. And so it's, I love the fan base, you know, the atmosphere at Thompson Bowling Arena was just amazing to me. Um, when you were there, I, 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 again, growing up in Tennessee, Pat Summit was like uh, the most amazing person in the world. Uh, did you have any interaction with her and, and uh, any impact on you through from her at all? 
Yeah, yeah. I had a some impact with you know Coach Shumman a lot. You know, we you know we ran into each other a lot because we you know we practiced at the same gym. So you know, I would talk to her a little bit off and on when I would see her, of course, and she would always ask how I'm doing, check on me, and it was a you know a special relationship. It wasn't you know like long conversations, but it was enough to where like you could tell she really cared about me. She was real genuine and. And it was always fun to be around her, you know, because she's, I mean, she's a legend, you know. It, I remember sometimes I would watch practice and, you know, just the respect she commands when she walks in the room on the court, in the room or on the court, it's just, it's a different level. And, you know, it just, you know, it was, you know, it was kind of heartbreaking when she passed. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, that we, you know, that I got a chance to actually talk to her and meet her. Let's go back to your high school a little bit. I recently on your Twitter uh, showed up the 03 high school championship with Mason County. You said it was your favorite basketball moment and memory. Um, you know, Kentucky high school basketball holds a lot in the state. Obviously, you know, growing up in Tennessee, it was all about football. <laughs> but now that I've been in Kentucky now for seven years, high school basketball is a, is a massive deal. Why is um, a high school championship your greatest memory basketball moment I guess I think for me it was because I went up with like my best friends you know like we've been playing together since we were nine ten years old and all the way up to high school and you know to win that you know state tournament in 03 was a special moment you know just because they were with me those are my guys I grew up with and we put in a lot of work over the years and it was just you know one of those special moments that I'll never forget you know, this year and last year, I guess, to some degree as well, with all the COVID stuff going on, it's kind of changed high school basketball. Uh, well, all high school sports, the fans, you can only have a couple people from each kid uh, there and things like that. Um, what do you think uh, for how much would that impact you think the players have and just just the couple parents there and uh, things like that? The, the experience, I guess, of high school sports, especially for seniors, um, how do you think that's affecting affecting high school sports? I mean, I think it's been effective for, effective towards them for sure. You know, it's just it's so hard. Like I feel bad for them. I think about them like they don't get the you know the crowds, the the cheering, the cheerleaders, the bands, and you know the packed arenas anymore. And it was just I feel sorry for them. But at the end of the day, I'm glad at least they get to play. Yeah. So they got to make the most of every you know situation and. You know, I hope they understand that because high school basketball is, is special and it goes by fast. So I hope that, you know, if somebody's watching this, that they understand, you know, play every game like it's your last because you just never know. Um, You played football as well. Did you play any other sports or was it just football and basketball? Just basketball and football in high school. Did you ever consider uh, trying to go football as opposed to basketball? Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. I didn't. Um, no. I love, don't get it wrong, I love football. Still love it today. But, you know, basketball was just always a special place in my heart. And I knew I always wanted to play college basketball. 
Uh, let's talk a little bit about your college experience some more. Um, I saw recently as well as looking through your Twitter and uh, you said Rupp Arena in Lexington was your favorite place to play outside of Thompson Bowling Arena. Um, what was it about Rupp that stood out? Uh, and then what were some other places that you played in that were really special to you? I mean, Rupp's just always special because that's where the boys high school state tournament is. So I had three years of playing there. You know, we went there my sophomore, junior, senior year, played state tournament games there. And, you know, we won it in 03 and lost in the finals in 04. So I've played a lot of games there. And, you know, I just, you know, that's like my, my second home. It was, <laughs> it was special. And to win there and, you know, it was so much fun. And to play there against Kentucky where, you know, a lot of family and friends were coming to see me was always special. And what was the other question you asked? What other arenas, college arenas that you played in uh, were, yeah. were unique or special? My favorite besides TBA was Rupp and probably Florida. I love the mm -hmm. O'Connell Center. It was it was special just because the students were right there on you. And it was like a, it was hot in that gym. Where like <laughs> you would sweat so much. And it was just the atmosphere was amazing. And were there any schools that had favorite. were there any schools that had um, weird locker rooms for the guests? Uh, I remember Vandy had like a weird locker room. Hmm. You know, Vandy's weird the, all around. Yeah, yeah, the gym <laughs> is different. The locker room was kind of different. What playing on that court? Uh, is it Col um? What's that called? Coliseum, uh, mm -hmm. Vanderbilt. Uh, what? How different is that? Does it, is it different at all when you're out there playing, or uh, like does it affect how you play at all? It's different, but I, I think, you know, after the first time I was used to it. And at the end of the day, it's still it's still basketball. Yeah. Two goals and a ball, so it's, you know, it's no excuses. You know, it's kind of different with the coaches underneath the baskets, of course. But, I mean, you know, it's something you got to deal with. And, you know, I, I like playing there. Um, the rims were – the rims were – I love the rims there. Hmm. They always had some shooters, uh, so I'm assuming their rims were for shooters. <laughs> yeah, they, they kept shooters in there, man. Yeah. I feel like they didn't miss in that gym. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always remember we went to a few Vanderbilt games, but uh, we were never, my dad hated Vanderbilt. So we were never worried about being a Vanderbilt fan, but uh, we'd go to a few games there and everything. And yeah, there was always, you know, one or two guys, usually a big and a small that could just shoot lights out at Vanderbilt and they'd come in and just, you never knew what was going to happen uh, when, when teams came in uh, into Vanderbilt. Let's talk a little bit about uh, – well, let's finish up. We'll talk more about your career, and then we'll come back to current basketball, SEC basketball. Uh, you've been playing – you played overseas for uh, a while, starting in 08, I believe, um, most recently in Korea. What's it like uh, – you know, I, I hear stories about having to communicate <laughs> and having a hard time communicating overseas and things like that. So what's it like going from Tennessee uh, and, and Kentucky all the way uh, overseas – uh, where did you go first? Uh, Turkey. Turkey. Oh my. Okay. So what was that like? It was, it was different. It was definitely a challenge. Um, my first few years were tough and, you know, it was tough going overseas, you know, the language barrier, the cultural shock and time difference, just missing your family and friends. And I just, you know, it was tough, but you know, at the end of the day, I was over there, you know, doing what I love to do. And I was playing basketball and, yeah, I look back on it like I was, you know, God's blessed me. You know, I've seen so many countries. I've learned different languages. I've made so many new friends that live in Europe, you know. So it's 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 been fun. It's been a great journey for me. Um, you know, you came off the 07 year um, 
uh, I think it was those seven years there that you had cancer. Um, and you even played, I guess, going through some of the treatment and stuff like that, playing your senior year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the treatments were over. I was just, I had lost 20 pounds and mm. I was just, you know, not myself. I couldn't yeah. play basketball for a long time. So was that a major factor for uh, not getting drafted? Do you, do you know what was the, the reason or did anybody come close to drafting you to talk to you that you thought you were going to get a shot? Oh, man, I really don't. I really don't know. I mean, it mm. could have been, it could have not. You know, people always talk about, you know, I'm little, my height, but you know, who knows if that that probably was a factor. But I can't really say for sure. I'm su- I'm assuming it was, but you know, it was it was. Um, you know, that year was difficult, my senior year. Um, but it, you know, I look back on it and I wouldn't even change it because mm. I feel like now I still get messages from people today. You know, talking about who has cancer and they ask me for advice and. I'm glad I'm glad I can give them advice and help them out. So it's, you know, it, you know, at the time I was upset, disappointed, but now I look back and it was like, I'm helping other people. And, you know, I feel like that's, that's the number one thing is make sure hey, how you, how you have an impact on other people. That's great. Do you think to me, your game fits perfectly in what the NBA is doing right now? <laughs> so, do you, so do you think if you were, uh, I don't know, 15 years younger that you'd be in the NBA? I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's a hypothetical game. <laughs> but you never know, you know. Uh, you gotten two championships, I think, uh, the French French Cup and Pro A, two thousand sixteen, two thousand eighteen. Um, yes, you had the French Cup Finals MVP in two thousand sixteen as well. Uh, what what is different um, and what is similar, I guess, between the European basketball versus American basketball? Um, I would say European is more like college, you know, just bigger and stronger, you know, fat, you know, more, you know, older, um, it's more of a team game. Um, it's more physical though, for sure. More physical in Europe, but you know, that's about it. Honestly, um, you know, I, I, people always ask what it's like compared to the NBA and I would be like, it would, it would be, you know, you can't, you know, the NBA is so more spaced out. You can't, you can't stay in the lane, you know, defensive three seconds and all that, you know, they don't have that in Europe. So, hmm. you know, it's clogged in the lane. So they want you, you better be able to shoot or, you know, usually you'll struggle. <laughs> uh, who are some guys that you've played with over the years um, that either you're seeing now that are playing professionally in the NBA or guys that you're surprised haven't played in the NBA, but they had great talent um, like you and just didn't get the shot. Uh, I've played with some – I played with a few NBA players. Uh, I played with Tiago Splitter. I don't know if you remember me. played for the Spurs. Yeah. I played with him in Spain. And I played with um, Mirza Teletovic. I don't mm. know if you remember him. He played for the Nets for a little bit. Played yeah. for – Was he in Milwaukee? I played with him. I think for the Bucks too. I think I think so. But those two are the ones I've played with there in the NBA. Uh, I played with them on, in Spain. Trying to figure out. And I've played against some other – I've played against in, like, Spain and Turkey guys that's in NBA, too. Hmm. I'm trying to think of some names for you. Uh, you remember Pablo Prigioni to play for the Knicks, the older yeah. point guard? Yeah. Played against him. Um, played against Joe Inglis. Plays for the Jazz. Mm-hmm. I remember playing against him. Uh, who else? I've played against a lot, you know, a lot of guys from Europe to play overseas. Is the coaching are all the coaches? Do they speak English, or do you just have to deal with whatever they're with whatever they speak? 
Uh, usually some of my coaches just spoke English and some of them spoke a little bit, but I always have like a, like one of the assistant coaches usually speak great English or they translate everything. Yeah. Cause you got wherever you've been, it seems like you've had a, at least a couple other American guys on the team with you. Yeah, for sure. Usually you have, I mean, it depends like in Europe, you have at least three or four, you know, sometimes more. And then when I was in South Korea, that was my first time playing in Asia. There was only two of us. Okay. Um, what, what was that like you, that was your most recent stop, right? Uh, yeah. South Korea. So, um, you know, you, so you've played in France, you've played in Turkey, you've played in a few different, um, uh, Spain, looks like East Russia, Spain. Lithuania. So, man, so, so yeah, you've seen, you've seen a lot. <laughs> I've seen a lot how, uh, how do they do with, um, like the history of basketball in these different stops that you've been, because there've been some like Lithuania, for instance, there've been some, some really talented Lithuanian guys throughout the years um, and things like that span and Spain, obviously a ton of, of Spaniards that have come through um, and had great careers outside of that. So how are they with looking back at the guys that have come through the program, recognizing those, keeping them, um, you know, active within the organization, so to say. I mean, they're, they're big time because that's what, you know, they, they, they use them as, you know, examples of like, this is what they came from here. So you can do it too. Why not you, you know, just put in the work and, you know, work hard and listen and, you know, this could be you too. So I think it's a huge part of their, you know, their, their stories because they always, you know, they talk about where you came from and where you started at. And, you know, for those NBA guys that started in Spain, that's, that's where they started. So you know, you know, go for the impossible. Don't, you know, set limits on yourself. Don't sell yourself short. What, um, are you still playing? Well, well I haven't played since 2019. Uh, okay. I, hopefully I'll play at least one more year. Just, just waiting on the call. So it could be any time. Okay. So what are, what are you up to these days while you're waiting for that? Uh, just training a lot. Just training a lot right now. Um, Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You know... You know, you know, going to some high school games around my area, just, you know, just trying to give back and help back as much as I can. You've been, if I remember right, you at least uh, last year or two years ago, I don't remember when, I thought I saw you in Lexington doing some, uh, working with some guys, um, high school kids, stuff like that, doing some training and things like that. Um, how much of that that are you doing or are you mainly just kind of as you're able to doing different things and then still focusing on your training and stuff like that? Well, since the virus hit, it's mostly been like I've been kind of, you know, staying away, just being safe. But yeah. uh, hopefully when it, you know, gets more safe that I'll be back in the gym, hopefully with some kids and some high schoolers and even college, just, you know, trying to get work in with them. And if they need any helps or tips, that I'm there. But, you know, most for the most part right now is just I'm training myself, getting in shape and just staying ready just in case. 
when you're working with high schoolers or young younger people, what are your main um, your main things you're focusing on? Are you focused on the mental aspect of the game, or mainly like form and stuff like that? What's what's your main main thing that you're focused on with helping kids? Like the first thing is I want the kids to like enjoy it, have fun, you know, because I think that's lost now. It's just like a it's like a business as a kid now, you know. I want the kids to have fun and play with energy, have passion. Then we can go from there, you know, because if you don't have passion and energy, I don't think you can be successful. So that's that's the first part I say. And just, you know, working hard and, you know, you know, putting the work. And I tell them that, you know, this is this is not for everybody. You know, it just if you don't love it, I don't I don't recommend you training with me. You know, I officiated basketball for a few years and I got out of it because. It was just intense. <laughs> it was a little I much bet. for me. And I you, bet, yeah. <laughs> probably tried to kill you, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but you can it. see, you can see the kids. You can see, and it seems to lead from the parents and the coaches. The kids that are enjoying it, um, they're still playing hard. They're still playing to win the game. Uh, but so, it just seems like some, and, and it goes both ways. Sometimes with the parents, and sometimes with the coaches, they get so sincere about it. Um, they're just working the kids and the kid, you know, you can just tell this isn't fun. And before long, he's either gonna be playing baseball or he's going to be doing something different because he's just getting worn out from whether it's his parents yelling from the the bleachers or the coach and how he's handling, I guess, the game, uh, as well. So you said you wanted to coach, uh, down the line as well. And, uh, you were looking to coach high school, college pros. What are you, what are you wanting to do? Probably college, um, just to start out and see if how see if I liked it. You know, that's the plan. Try to get into college coaching at some point. Okay, uh, and so I'm sure you've got some phone calls in to a couple guys <laughs> and saying, "Hey, yeah, when that time comes, we'll see." <laughs> All right, let's talk about SEC basketball because you're still you're still right here in the area, uh, paying attention to it. I know you've been on a couple shows and talked about some different things as well. I want to start with Alabama in SEC play. Nate Oates has done a great job. Uh, in the couple of years he's already been there. Now they're first 13-1 and one, uh, this season. Um, what do you see out of Alabama that's that's impressive and uh, maybe that's different from what they've been in the past? Well, I've only seen them play that one game against Tennessee, you know. But I could tell, like, they're, they're a great team. They spread the offense out. They shoot threes. They attack. And I like the freedom they got. You know, the coach gives them the freedom to do what they do and, you know, they play at a high level and with passion and energy, and that's why they're thirteen and one right now. I'm hoping to have Nate Oates on. He's turned me down so far, but uh, we're working on that still. Um, let's talk about Tennessee. I mean, they started out hot. They uh, uh, great non-conference schedule and record. They're eight and six in the conference right now. Um, you know, are you? St- I'm assuming you still keep up with the program. Of course. Uh, so, what what is it about this year that's different um, from the last couple years? Uh, I think, you know, Coach Barnes has done a great job with them, first and foremost. They got, you know, they have a upperclassman in Ease and Folky returning, you know, and Muscovy got some time last year as a freshman. And then you bring in those two, Keon and Jaden, highly talented freshmen. And I think it's been a, it's been a great mixture. Uh, I think that, you know, this team is very capable of making a run in a tournament. We just, you know, we had a, a tough loss yesterday, um, but – you know, it happens. You know, every time you play Kentucky, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game, regardless. I know Kentucky's not doing good, but it is what it is. You know, they're gonna play hard against Tennessee, and you know, so I hope you know people don't look too bad into this loss. But I, I really like this team and our chances. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, 
and I was included in this early on in the season, I thought there's no way that they're actually this good. Uh, but, but they kept on putting it on. They kept, and they've had some some tough losses, of course, in the conference. But they still definitely seem to be incredibly talented and gifted. You know, growing up, all everybody talked about was the Lady Vols. Uh, so until about the time I was heading off to college and uh, things started getting turned around. But, you know, it's it's intriguing to watch. Barnes is a great coach. Um, and his staff is good. They've been recruiting well also and, and adding to it. And it's exciting to see. Uh, I think the SEC as a whole has gotten stronger. What do you think about the coaches in the SEC? It seems like every team just has a really solid coach right now. For sure, man. SEC is tough. And you can tell by, you know, I think we got probably a lot of, like, um, I can't remember how many teams I saw that supposed to be making the tournament, but it was at least four, five or six, wasn't it? Last yeah. time I saw. So that lets you know that this, this conference is a tough conference. And, you know, every game is going to be a tough night, and you better bring it. Let's talk about Kentucky a little bit uh, as we're both living in the state right now. Um, man, what a year. <laughs> Kentucky has one of the top-rated recruiting classes in the nation, and they just come out and just you know drop the ball from day one, it seems like. There's obviously got talented kids on the team. What do you think has been the problem uh, with Kentucky this year? Uh, I don't. You know, I, I don't watch Kentucky much. I watch when they play Tennessee. So, honestly, being honest, uh, <laughs> so, I, I mean, they looked good last night. I can tell you that. I was like, this is not the 7-13 or 13 team I've been hearing about. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I've, you know, I've, I think I've seen bits and pieces of little games. But, you know, I'm, I really watch a lot of NBA. You know, if it's not okay. Tennessee, you know, I watch a lot of Auburn with Bruce sometimes when it's on. Yeah. But other than that, you know, I watch a lot of NBA. But – from some games and from what I saw, I think it's just, I think this pandemic's hurt, you know, not being able to mm-hmm. practice a lot with the freshmen getting there in the summertime, like, you know, getting that work in. Cause you know, when you're young, you, you know, it's different level when you come to college and, you know, that summertime taken away, I think that affected uh, a lot of schools. Well, let's talk about the NBA a little bit then, uh, since you watched that, let's uh, keep up with what's going on. Um, well, let me ask you the 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 age old question: MJ or LeBron? I gotta go with MJ. Okay, <laughs> I gotta go. With my, yeah. Don't get it wrong, LeBron is special, but you know you you tell me who I gotta pick. If I I got a seven game series and my life's on the line, I gotta have Mike. You know, I'm with you a hundred percent on that one. Um, let's talk a little bit about these these super teams. So they say. Uh, Brooklyn right now, KD, Kyrie, uh, James Harden. Uh, of course, we kind of started, well, Miami a little bit back in the day. Boston, of course, acquired some guys to the trades with Garnett and Ray Allen and all those guys. But um, do you think right now the NBA is set up uh, well, or do you think they're kind of in a decline when you're talking about fan base uh, and, and the entertainment factor of the sport? Uh, I kind of like how it's set up now. I think a lot of – you know, besides, I'm trying to think, besides the big three in Nets, you know, I like the idea of having, you know, two two stars on a team, you know, and get your role players and let's go, you know. But, you know, this Brooklyn team is, you know, special. I mean, they got three guys that can get 50 at any time, so they're going to be tough to deal with, you know. And, you know, I know people say it's their first year and, you know, you got to get the team chemistry, but – when you got three guys that can score at any time, that you're always got a chance. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I'm, it's it's hard to go against them in the East right now. They look they've looked real good. 
Definitely. So the, the, you know, the common phrase is defense wins championships and Brooklyn doesn't play defense. <laughs> right. So do you think that matters or do you think with the, the firepower they have, because it's not just those three, um, and they've got other guys that can put the ball in the hoop also. Uh, so do you think it matters that their defense isn't great or do you think that come playoff time they'll actually play? I don't, even, I don't even think their defense has to be great. It has to be, you know, okay, you know, yep. because those – you know, they got three guys that can score at any level at any single time. So it's like, are you going to outscore them? Probably not, you know. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's going to be tough. You got to, you know, I'm sure somebody have a good game plan for them to, you know, force try to force them all into tough shots and, you know, making the others beat them. But it's going to be a tough to beat them four, four games in a row. So do you have a team that you cheer for or are you more uh, kind of cheering for certain players? Yeah, I'm more of a – Guy, guy, my team. For, no more of a players. Just watching certain players. Um, I was a Kobe big, a Kobe Bryant fan. That's my, you know, one of my favorite players. So I was always a Laker, but never since he left. I still, I guess, I still go for the Lakers though, just because. Um, but I love watching Steph Curry and Dame Lillard. Those two are probably my favorite right now. Definitely, uh, Dame is uh, to me. He's one of the most talented guys. I had him as a dark horse MVP candidate coming into the season, um, but nonetheless. Um, uh, Kobe, where does he fit in all time in your, in your opinion? All time. Oh man. I mean, I, I like Kobe. I think I put him in my top five. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's definitely fair. I think I have in my top three, but I'm not a big LeBron guy. Um, so, mm-hmm. so, yeah. so I have to get over my bias sometimes with him. Yeah. Uh, he's great. There's no doubt about it. I just uh, I got to get over it. <laughs> you got to get over it. I got some friends like you too. Y'all got to get over it, man. Y'all, yeah. They got to get over it. <laughs> I think you know. And tell me what you think about this. I always thought he's a great player. You can't can't deny that at all. I thought his downfalls was when he tried to run the team. Brought in his, some guys in Cleveland that you know hurt him financially. Uh, Tristan Thompson. You know he played well at times, but his contract was killer. Uh, it seems like in L.A. right now they're letting he's letting them put together the team and he's just playing basketball and that seems to be working out pretty well for him. Yeah. I mean, listen, like Bron's been to what? 11 finals. Well, if he <laughs> has a little bit of say, so you give it to him, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think he knows what he's doing. You know, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll lose every LeBron argument. Cause I, I just, I do, I have to get over it. I know that for sure. <laughs> what about the young guys in the league right now? Cause there are some phenomenal young guys in the league. Who's catching your eye? Uh, you know, not necessarily just rookies, but young younger guys in the league right now. Young guys, let's see. Well, I like I like Devin Booker. I like Jamal Murray. Do they count as young guys? Yeah, they're young enough. Yeah. <laughs> so Jamal Murray, Devin Booker. Probably, you know, I like watching those two. Those two yeah. young guys are special. What about guys like uh Shea Gilgis Alexander? Yeah, uh, I mean these lengthy guards—they're not yeah. super tall, but man, they just—they play defense. They can shoot. <laughs> they can—they can do everything. Yeah, funny Shea Gilgis Alexander story. So I'm—I'm I'm in LA two years ago, I think. Is this Shea? Is the second? Is this his second year league or first third? This is his third. Okay, so it's so whenever so it was three years ago in LA, and one of my friends like helped work him out, getting ready for the draft and all that. So I was out there and they were like, we were playing and we were working out. And I was like, and I remember him from college playing. And I was like, oh, he's going to be real good. And I remember calling my friends because we had played some three on three. And I was like, hey, 
SGA is he's watch he's the man he's he's gonna be here I'm telling you because he was so long and you know what I'm saying and like get to the rim he could finish well I was like yeah I like his game so after that day we worked out and played throwing three I became a fan I, I was telling my boys like yeah watch him watch for him he's gonna be special so I'm glad I look good telling them that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what is your most memorable college moment playing? Um, 2008, uh, Tennessee versus Memphis, one versus number two, and we win it. That was just most special. You know, just the fact, because, you know, three, year, three years before that, we were, I was a freshman and we were 14 and 17 and we were awful. <laughs> so to go from that to, you know, be number one in the country, that that was definitely the most uh, special moment for me. And you guys, did you guys have any Memphis guys on your team? Guys from uh, Memphis? No, we didn't. No, I know, you know, in Tennessee, it seems like, you know, obviously Memphis has a great influx of talent comes through playing basketball and stuff like that. And so that's always a big, big grounds in Tennessee trying to land guys. Um, and Memphis has always had had quite the crew as well. Um, with uh, I think you guys were number one. I don't remember if it was in 07 or 08. And after becoming number one, you guys played Vandy and yeah, lost that was, to Vandy. That was 08. Okay. That was 08. So what is the the mood like for a team that gets to number one and then next game loses to Vandy? I mean, we, I mean, we you know Vandy was was great. They were a great team, and we played at Vandy, like you said. They don't miss. Mm-hmm. They were making everything in there, you know, exact. And they were amped up because we were number one now. So you got to take that in consideration. You know, we knew going to that game it was going to be tough. So you know, we knew that you know they had great players, Shane Foster, and who else they had? They had. Um, oh, that was um, – I can't think of his name. <laughs> yeah, they were good. <laughs> yeah, they had yeah, they had a few guys. They had a yeah. big guy that yeah. year as well. Ogilvy. Ogilvy. Yeah. yeah. So they were, they were a solid team for sure. So it, it was – you know, we didn't want to lose, but we knew we had to play hard. And, and we played hard. We just you know, came up short. Uh, put on your, your college coaching hat for a second, and let's say you're recruiting kids. What kind of – uh, what kind of kid are you looking for to be a part of a of one of your programs? I, I want a kid that works hard, that plays hard. You know, is you know doesn't put the team first, don't care about himself, and just wants to win. You know, it's going to grind, it's going to work hard, listen, be respectful. Um, you know, do his work in the classroom. I don't have to worry about that, and be respectful to everybody. Um, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You know all that, just being respectful. What coach are you drawing from the most when you're putting together your coaching philosophy and stuff? You know, preparing to be a coach. Uh, I think just a mixture. You know, I I played for Bruce Pearl, so I'm gonna take some stuff from him that I like. Uh, I've watched practices of you know Calipari. I watched practices of Coach Barnes. So you know, those three I've you know watched and you know try to you know take some stuff from each and every one of them. Conzo oh, Martin too. Conzo Martin. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, what stuff that you learned or saw over in Europe can you bring to the table that maybe not every coach has seen? <laughs> uh, I mean, they've seen the game, obviously, but but what is it about the European style of basketball that you can bring in as a coach and apply to a team that you're coaching? Um, just you know, I play for some great coaches, and 
some of their offenses they ran and some set plays. So I've, I've tried to remember some of those. And so I'll, I kind of keep those in the back of my head. So I hopefully I remember them, you know, when I get a clipboard. So I, I learned a lot from those, from European coaches too. That's great. So uh, any any big plans coming up here other than just getting ready for for that next phone call? Not really. Just waiting for the snow to leave and waiting for it to get warm again. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> I was out just an hour before we got on to record. I was out chipping away ice in the driveway. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Cold. I, mean, I need to be on the beach. I wasn't made for this weather. <laughs> I definitely hear that. All right. Well, this is Chris Lofton, again, all-time Tennessee, great uh, in basketball and uh, multi-time champion overseas as well. And working, you're saying, planning on hopefully at least one more season? Yes, sir, at least. And and then from there, diving into coaching, hopefully? That's the plan. That's the plan, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, where can people keep up with you if they want to they follow you on, on uh, social media? Uh, I mean, I'm on Instagram, C underscore Lofton, on Twitter. Um, I think I'm just my email, clofton606 at yahoo.com is my Twitter. Or Chris Lofton, I think you just type in both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for taking a couple minutes with us tonight and talking with us. Uh, again, growing up in Tennessee, um, uh, I was I was headed for college right before you came to Tennessee, but uh, – you brought a bright light to Tennessee basketball while you were there and uh, and still working hard. We're going to keep up with you, and uh, good luck moving forward. And hopefully we'll see you on the sidelines here pretty soon. Appreciate it so much, man. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. You have a good evening. You too. All right. A big thank you to Chris Lofton for joining us and taking some time to talk with us, some great stuff. Uh, there and speaking with him a reminder for you make sure you go and click on the links in the podcast notes for blue coolers and skull candy and when you need a next your next cooler or your next set of earbuds go ahead and click on those uh, links and get yourself the last cooler that you'll need and some candy for your ears while you're at it we got some exciting guests still coming uh here in the next several days or weeks we've got uh, former Green Bay packer john coon we've got former sports illustrated writer the author of the dream team book jack mccallum lined up here soon as well i believe my dad will be joining me to talk some sports here in the coming days as well so a lot of exciting things happening make sure you're subscribed make sure you share Make sure you rate and review all those good things uh, for us as well. We post all of our uh, interviews on YouTube as well. So feel free to go on to YouTube, search the Sports Stove Podcast, and uh, you can see all the interviews there that we're doing with these guys. If you missed uh, previous episodes, we recently interviewed Tom Allen, the Indiana football coach. That was a great interview. And at the beginning of February, we interviewed uh, as well Ted Gumbart. He is the ASUN Conference Commissioner. A lot of really intriguing stuff there in that conversation with him, talking about the basketball tournament and things like that uh, coming up. So make sure you go back and listen to those podcast episodes as well. Thank you for listening to today's Sports Stove podcast. And until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. 
It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.